Hello and welcome. You are listening to another episode of Cosmic Children. I'm your host, Kevin. And I'm your co-host, Nick. Yeah, and today we have a very interesting duo in the studio. We have Slimy Odyssey in the studio. Could you uh, introduce yourselves? And yeah, in, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Sherry, and I guess I am the illustrator of Slimy Oddity and my partner, Tim. Hi. Oh, I'm supposed to speak. Okay, so I, <laughs> I, I, I write a lot of the captions and, mm. um, you know, we explore the meaning behind the artwork as well together. Mm. Um, yeah, let's go on. Yeah, so um, I think what what was particularly interesting about the, I think the account in general is that it, it talks a lot about uh, philosophy. It talks about a lot about a lot of abstract concepts that people might not usually be uh, prone to talking about. So I just want to know what really was the inception of Slimy Oddity as a, first as a account and what 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 is the meaning behind it? Yeah, because it's, it is very uh, a bit, how would I put it? Unusual. Out there. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 It's like yeah. a little space invader. Yeah. <laughs> Or like people say it looks like the Pac-Man ghost. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought it's it just like a blob. A... It's just yeah. blobs. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so actually I, I kind of came up with Slimy Oddity many years ago, about maybe four years ago. Mm. But back then it was just like characters that I came out of, um, which came out of like an embroidery project. Mm. So I was just like sewing for fun. And then I wanted to sew like a mountain landscape. Mm-hmm. So I traced out like mountains on like my embroidery hoop. But somehow like when my needle touched the hoop, like it just became like um, the blobs that you see. Right. Like, colorful <laughs> blobs. Because I guess that's my personality. Mm. Like I I can't really like um, like conform to like the usual kind of... Um, Art? Art, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I just, I just want to express like how I feel on the inside. Yes. Um, even if that's like an eight-year-old, which is I feel like that's what I am. Okay. <laughs> on, the inside, on the inside, yeah, an on the inside, year old, okay. I'm like eight-year-old. So like, um, yeah. So okay. So back then, I kind of shelved the project because yeah. it didn't really. I didn't really have a deeper motivation to kind of um, take the project on another level. So I just like shelved it and continued with my other projects. Um, but then fast forward to like two years ago. Or one year ago, maybe. Mm, yeah, one yeah, year, yeah, one or two years ago. Yeah, I kind of embarked on my own journey of self-discovery yeah. and just a whole process of looking inwards. Um, all this started when I uh, worked at Palm Avenue Float Club, actually. Well, so, what, what is that to people who might not know what that is? Yeah, it's actually a sem- sensory deprivation tanks. Mm-hmm. So we are currently the only sense. Okay, not we. I don't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a family. It's a family. <laughs> yeah. So so they are they are currently like the only um folk club in Singapore. So they are this these spacey looking pots yeah. where we're filled with five hundred kg of Epsom salts. Okay. So basically, lie inside in darkness. Yeah. Encased in uh these like heavily salted waters, yeah. which is heated to body temperature. Mm. So after a while, you lose complete sense of your body. Mm-hmm. You can't even tell if you're lying down or you're standing upright. Mm. And um, it's a very deeply meditative experience. Mm. Yeah, so um, being in that working environment, um, we were given free floats. So I floated mm. a lot. And um, after floating many times... Um, yeah, I had a very interesting experience. 
yeah, I had my first ego death experience in the pot actually. Mm. Yeah, so um, yeah, what's ego? Like, I, I feel like um, this term is thrown a, a yes. lot around, right? Yes. And I feel like there's different, two different meanings to it. Um, firstly, the ego means um, like, uh, well, how you describe? Is it the sense of self? Um, yeah, there's a sense of self, but then yeah. um, a lot of people also related to their sense of like self-esteem yes or like um self self-worth self-worth yeah, you know all the labels you gather across your life like if uh, you're a musician you're a mm. painter stuff like that and uh, a lot of that um attribute to what constitute the idea of yourself the idea of yourself yes yeah, yeah. okay so there was this one float i had um one of my colleague jean reiki she's yeah. a dj and she also um does like these binaural sound beats so um, binaural sound beats are basically um, ambient tracks that are designed to make your brain waves go into a very slow state, a theta state. Mm. Yeah. Um, so how this happens is like the bass frequencies in each ear are actually off balance and it tricks your brain into going to this like very slow meditative state. Mm. Yeah. So um, at that at a point of time, she just formulated this track and she asked me to do a demo on it. So yeah. I was kind of like a guinea pig. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> so I put on these earphones, listening yeah. to the binaural beats yeah. and I was lying in the floating the pot. pot. Yeah. yeah, floating pot. And then um, the first track I remember very clearly, it was um, the sounds of like a forest, you know, you hear, you hear crickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Um, being in the pot, you know, like all your senses are deprived yeah. of any, no light, no sound, yeah. no touch. Yes. Yeah. And so the the sound becomes amplified mm-hmm. and I just felt like I was in the forest. Yeah. And then the second scene was, um, a, I was in the beach, you know, mm. like I could feel, um, I almost could feel like the waves crashing Whoa. on me. Like it was very surreal because it sounded like I was right there. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't. Yeah. So um, at that point, um, during that beach track, yeah, I suddenly felt like the water in the space pot, the float pot, was um, depleting. Yeah, and it was very strange. I was like, I can't, it can't be like this pot is leaking because um, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. But um, after a while, I realized that I was actually levitating. The the water was not going down, but I was levitating. You know. And like that, that didn't make mm, sense as well. Like, yeah. what's going on? Then, um, after a while, um, I felt like I was levitating above my own body. Mm. I could feel specifically I was about like two feet above my body. Okay. Just like hovering there. Yeah. Were you panicking at this instance? Um, I wasn't panicking because yeah. I guess I, I was kind of excited. I was like, oh, um, this is happening. Were you looking forward I'm, to something? Like, oh my gosh, am I astral projecting? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay, um, okay. Yeah, so, I, so get, I guess that's what happened. And it's very interesting because like when you levitate out of your body, mm. um, you are actually leaving, I, I actually left my entire sense of self behind. So mm-hmm. like this whole... Um, identity that I have like Sherry um, this person I left her behind underneath mm-hmm. me and what was left floating above that yeah. was just this awareness you know um, I didn't have a body anymore it's just this awareness and I felt like this awareness was um, made of just love you know mm-hmm. so um, I guess that was the most present I've ever felt in my entire life mm. it felt like something just clicked 
And then I, I just couldn't stop crying. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, my nose got clogged up with phlegm. <laughs> because <laughs> like at that, that, that point, yeah. like, I came back down to reality. And, and this experience, was was it a couple of years back or how long yeah. ago was this? Because it feels like it just happened like last week or something. <laughs> yeah, because of these kind of like transcendental experiences, I feel like they exist. They are always there in, with me, yeah. you know, because it's so um, vivid. You, you can't like forget an experience mm, like that. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah. Like to me, it, it kind of, ex- this experience, it kind of exists in a space out of time. Mm-hmm. Outside of time, okay. I can remember it like, it just happened like yesterday. Yeah. So, um, so that triggered your whole inward growth, right? Yeah, my whole inward growth. And journey. Because like, yeah, yeah I realized that I'm just more than just this body, you know. So, okay. so, so that, was the inception towards you looking inwards yeah. and, and shedding away the, the identities that you used to have prior? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I totally like digress. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so back, back to the topic. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it was at this point hmm. where I, yeah, began looking inwards more and, um, I mean, all your labels. I mean, you were a musician. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was a musician as well previously. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this float happened in this period of time where I kind of was feeling very disillusioned with um, my purpose in life mm. and like whether I had whether I wanted to do music anymore because like it wasn't something that really gave me any purpose or fulfilled me in any way. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, this was like quite a hard time in my life yeah. when I was trying to shed all these um, identifications I had with um, like the musician label because yes. it, it was basically like me. Like I I felt like for my whole life, that was what I was known for. Mm. Like people knew me as like a musician and without that label, I you? just didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't know who I was and especially like when I had creative blocks, you know, um, that was especially tough because I felt like um, if I can't create anything, then what's the point of mm. living? Yeah. So, um, I mean, so at, at this point, I was just like, you know, telling her like, you know, music is just one way of expressing yes. your creative part of you. Yes. That creative energy in you. And, um, you know, we, we were at her house and then we saw that embroidery hoops of hers. And we was, and I was like, you know, why don't you make some art, you know, mm. express yourself through art. And I mean, because we always talk a lot about, you know, stuff like spirituality, philosophy. Yes, yes. And we thought that, you know, combining like all these cute little characters yes. and a unique style of drawing and expressing deep, you know, concepts and, and, yeah. and stuff like that could be quite interesting. And then so we just started, you know, just set up an Instagram account, yeah. started sharing stuff. Was there hesitation in the very beginning when you guys wanted to do something that is objectively quite different from what you used to do before. Was there any hesitation between the both of you guys? Um, well, for me, I, I guess the, the huge hesitation hesitation was even moving away from music. It took mm. a lot in me to just give it up like that because it was something I did for like about 10 years. Mm. Yeah, but it got to a point where like a lot of things in my life were just like n- not aligning with my with myself as a person. Yeah, there's like a lot of conflict mm. and... Yeah, I was kind of, I was quite depressed at that point of time. Right. And then, um, yeah, I just f- realized that this whole like music stuff wasn't serving me anymore. And like, who's to say that like, if you're a musician, you only can do music 
like all your life. I feel exactly. like at any point of time, we are unhappy with what's going on in our lives. We have the power to just change it, you know, mm. just as simple as that. Mm. But a lot of people like the courage to do so. And I even like Googled like do... Do are the, do musicians ever quit doing music? Because I I oh, feel wow. because yeah. I felt like I was the only one in this. Yes, like I was yes. alone in this. I feel like most musicians have such passion for music that it, that they just keep doing it for their whole lives. You mm. know, it's like this drive. Yes. But I guess I just stumbled onto like this whole musician stuff because just because I could, but it wasn't um like a a deep inner calling or anything like that. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I, I guess um, what I really want, what I really crave is just the act of creation, like mm. being creative. So it doesn't have to, I don't have to limit myself to just music. So um, yeah, Slimy Oddity kind of opened up another creative channel for me. And yeah, I'm very grateful to Tim for like encouraging me. Yeah. So, 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 so what is Tim's role in, in this, this duo? Is it just... Uh, Thinking of things to how how does the process work between both of you guys? So there are like certain concepts and you know beliefs that we have, mm. which are quite I guess unconventional, especially mm. in Singapore. Yeah, and you know we just wanted to find a place where we could express ourselves, and you know like coming under the banner of Slammy Oddity gave gave us also a bit of animity. Like we didn't have yeah. to say it's Sherry and Tim exactly, and that you know opened up like a lot of potentials for us because you know we didn't we weren't bogged down by the fact that we had to create or present our, ourselves on social media a mm. certain way mm. I mean you know you know how like social media now everything is so curated and presented yes. in a certain way yes. and we didn't want that pressure we just wanted to be able to express our truths just the way it is yeah. and um, what I do is I mean we obviously brainstorm the concepts and ideas together but I mean with all our artwork there's always like a lot of meaning behind it. Yes. I, I like to, I think so. There's a lot of meaning that we try and convey. Yeah. And so, while her medium is art, mine is the words. Yeah. So I think like as important as the art, like the captions that we share and the words that we share are very important because I guess people like receive information through different ways. Some people are more visual. Yeah. Some people, you know, get more information through words. And so we just wanted to try and cover all bases and, mm. you know, express ourselves fully. So, so what about you, Tim? Um, because Sherry spoke about her experience with the float, about ego death. How, how has, could you speak briefly about how your journey has been and what made you interested even in topics like these? Um, so I think like ever since I was a kid, yeah. like I've been fascinated with like philosophy and, you know, spirituality. I remember I used to stay up awake in the middle of the night as a kid, like after school and you know, after CCA, you get so tired. But yeah. I'd still be lying up in the middle of the night in my bed, just like pondering about pondering, meaning, <laughs> pondering about the meaning of life. Gotcha. Like, I was watching like, cartoons, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Like it was just always like a fascination with mm. me. And I guess like growing up, I was very much like exposed to like you know existentialism, nihilism, mm. stuff like that. You know, more stuff that had that concentrated more on the lack of meaning, the lack yep. of form in the world. Yep. And, you know, I, I read books by, like, John Paul Sartre. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, towards science like Richard Dawkins, yep. Sam Harris. You know, yep. all these people pretty much drove the idea that, you know, um, without empirical evidence, you know, you shouldn't believe in certain things. Mm. You should always, like, 
go down to the most like minute details to look for meaning and stuff. Question and everything. Question everything. Yeah. But you know, there was like always something missing to me with that line of thought. Mm -hmm. And I guess like what I realized that, you know, it's not just about opening your mind, but you also similarly have to open your heart. Oh, interesting. You know, so both opening your mind and your heart to like the things around you. Yeah. And that's when you can truly like see the magic in mm. like everyday life and you know, the world around us. So yeah. so let's say well, please oh, continue. Oh yeah, yeah, I know to add to that. Yeah. So like um me and Tim, um so we, we actually only kind of grew closer about like one year ago. One, two years ago, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so like he, he said, he mentioned about like opening, it's, it's about opening your mind and opening your heart. Yes. So I feel like he kind of opened my mind on the many things as well mm. like with regards to spirituality and he's the one who helped like pull me out of my dark hole. Mm. Um, and she opened my heart. So it was a good, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good so like, uh, cute. It was a good uh, <laughs> synergy. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so like, I mean, for me, that was like really just how I've always had this interest in, you know, philosophy and spirituality. Mm. And for me, it was like a very tough transition towards like the emptiness of everything into seeing like the magic of everything, you know. Mm, and, it's a bit of a paradox, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's like from like, you know, emptiness is emptiness, but you can choose to see that there's no meaning mm. or you can make all sorts of meaning from the emptiness, you know. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, I even have my favorite, like, Kelvin and Hobbes tattoo on me. It's like this strip where Kelvin is, like, yeah. uh, staring at the stars mm -hmm. silently. Mm -hmm. And when I was young, it, uh, it felt had so much meaning to me because, like, before this frame, it was him shouting to the stars, like, I exist or something like that. Yelled the insignificant speck. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was, for me, it was like, oh, yeah, I'm insignificant. I'm just this small human on this small rock. Yes. In this small universe, in yes. this whole, like, you know, massive, infinite space that we're in. Mm. But now it's a transition into a more that, like, I'm infinite, I'm part of the universe, I'm part of everything. Yeah. So I think the missing ingredient in my journey growing up was magic. Mm. And I brought the magic to this life. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I guess so. So, yeah. so you, you, you guys talked about opening, uh, opening your mind, which I can assume it's being open to newer ideas, being open to newer concepts, and it's true speaking with people, speaking with people of different uh, whatever. So what, what does opening your heart mean? Because that's uh, something I, I, I keep hearing, but I don't really know what that means because it's not as literal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe, I mean, um, it's definitely not literal and a lot of it is um, it's very experiential. Mm. Um, this kind of thing is not like intellectual. It's not something you can read about and you can feel it. Um, th for this stuff, you really need to go through the experience of like, like for me personally, right, um, what led me to this whole spiritual journey as well was actually back from working the float club. Mm. Um, I had this colleague who was practicing Reiki. What is Reiki? So Reiki is basically the exchange of energy, mm. the transference of universal energy into like another human. I mean, Reiki you know? believes that humans were made of energy, right? Like everything yes. is an exchange of energy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we learn that in our science textbooks We are well. made of atoms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Atoms. Like in, in our yes. science textbook, we yes. used to hear stuff like, oh, the transference of heat energy, the yep. kinetic energy yes. and stuff like that. Yes. But I mean, the, I guess in Reiki is the belief that that's more, it's more but, organic than that. You know, it's yeah. just like humans are made of energy. All living things contain energy. Mm. And it's like, it's a practice of being able to transfer like, and energy between people and stuff Interesting. like that. Interesting. Yeah. And I think recently with like quantum physics, it's been proven that um, we are not made up just of atoms. Everything is like 
energy like waveforms you know mm. yeah so um, yeah I guess like Reiki is still considered kind of like esoteric practice but um, yeah like I said it's a very experiential thing you won't believe it until like you feel it yeah I mean so, I, I used to really subscribe to the notion that like if I don't experience it I don't see it like why should I believe yes. in it right yeah but then I guess that's when you need to have like faith in things. You know, you need to believe mm. some things exist for it to exist. It's quite a it's quite a mind fuck, like, I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously and I have to say, like sometimes, like when, like I think, like the sixteen year old me would be like totally judging the me right now <laughs> in, in the things that I believe right now and like yes. you know everything. I think the sixteen year old me would be like looking at this guy and be like, who's this like fucking hippie? You know. Mm. But it's uh, could you speak of one particular experience, something like that? Um. I think for me it was like because I came from like I said when I was a kid like, I really believed that in like or you like in science you know you had to like have evidence have objective mm. proof or something for us, like it to exist otherwise like there's no there's no like you know need to believe in it yes. and I guess like just throughout the experiences I've had like you know trusting I mean you hear a lot of people saying like oh trust in the flow of life you know like you know stuff like that it sounds very woo but like once you actually like actually believe that it's like a flow and there's like a path that 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 you just embark naturally, mm-hmm. like it just happens. You know, it's like a paradox. Like which comes first? You know, like the belief in it or the or like the path. Yeah. And I think it both exists at the same time. Mm-hmm. I mean, some some things like it's hard for us to express through words, right? I mean, certain things like love. You know, mm-hmm. things like you feel like love. Sometimes, like the love you feel for someone or something, like there's just no words you can put put to it, right? But it's mm-hmm. just beyond words. And I think that there are a lot of things and concepts out there in the world that just transcends words and having all these like transcendental experiences yes. would actually change you as a person like to the core you know it's like if you if you you experience something there's just no way you can like not believe in it after that right you have to be open to it I would say yeah I mean you yeah. need to keep an open mind and yeah. open heart you know oh. like, that's what we mean I guess when we say when we say that a lot a lot of this sounds um, somewhat similar to people's dispositions towards religion mm-hmm. would you say like there is a difference or a similarity or if at all does that actually exist yeah so um i feel like religion and spirituality they are all kind of just different paths to the same um the same like same truth same truth <laughs> sorry we work like a thief like yeah, you can can't see, see it, but like when she stumbles to that not just me that's complete her sentence so how should I view it wow. yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah so like uh, I mean like I guess what Sherry is trying to say that like you know all religion um, points to the same truth yeah you know uh, show love to others you know be compassionate and be a good person yes and I mean right now you see so many conflicts in the yes. world and some of them caused by religious differences yes. but I mean, what we believe in is that, you know, the 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 beliefs and the truth that all religion espouses is just really the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Love, compassion, and uh, harmony amongst everyone and everything. Yeah. And also the trust that there's a higher power behind this physical reality mm-hmm. that's like pervading everything. Yes. Yeah. But I guess the difference is that religion... In religion, they put like a tangible figure that you can look towards mm. or you can worship. To, to, uh, to affix your yeah, to all, affix these all these energies beliefs yeah. on. Yeah. But for spirituality, it's more free form. You know, it encourages you to just discover it on your own. Like just to trust the mystery and just yeah. like, yeah, dive into the unknown. Yeah. I mean, yeah. religion is ultimately a very human construct, right? Like, I would agree with yeah, that. Yeah. Modern religion, I yeah. would say, is very much a human construct. And 
I think like the idea, the concept of a belief is that, you know, someone is would remain open-minded as long as it stays within like his his or her like preconceived notion mm. of what it should be. Yeah. But spirituality and in bigger picture and even faith is keeping a very like unreserved open mind to the nature of truth or the nature of God, whatever that may be, yeah. whatever form or whatever, whatever it is. So I think like, um, you know, like in a lot of religions, like people, religious people act out of love. It mm. might not come from because they want to, but it it comes from like a place of guilt, like, you know, because I'm better off than these people, so I'm going to help them. Mm. Or it might even come from a place of Fear, like if I don't do good, yeah. I might go to hell. Yeah, it's all very modeled up. It's, it's very modeled up. It's like a, it? it's yeah. like a very like human way of approaching a concept yeah. that is beyond humans, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, the, I think to me, like the idea of God is something that is beyond human, right? It's, it might even be beyond our comprehension yeah. even. Like, you know, some concepts just go beyond us, right? Yes. So maybe the idea of God is something like that and putting it into a human framework or a way that human can understand is maybe simplifying it a bit too much. It's too simplistic in yeah. a way of looking yeah. at it. I mean, I don't claim to know what God is, obviously, but <laughs> I just think that, you know, keeping an open mind and heart to like whatever the truth or God may be is the way to go rather than staying within like a certain religious framework. Mm. Yeah. Would you say that there's a difference between religion and spirituality? That's the key difference because people tend to muddle the two together. Yeah, because when you think of modern day religion, you think of God, you think of spirituality, but it can be said that it's two different things. Yeah, like, so I think like Sherry said, like in modern religion, like a lot of the more major ones, I guess yes. there's always like a God figurehead. Mm. But I guess like, you know, back 10,000 years ago, like there wasn't such a concept of the like an, a God idol or like yes. someone they look up to. Yes. But like you see God in everything. Occurrences. In nature around yeah. you, like, you know, just like... I mean, like, to, like, the tribes in the forest, yes. like, you know, 5,000 years ago, there's no idea of, like, a figurehead that you pray to, but it's just that you see God in multitude of forms, in mm. the butterflies, in the trees, everything sprouting from the earth yeah. comes from the same source, yeah. and the source is God. I think that's what spirituality is, yeah. and religion is just putting in some frameworks to that truth. Mm. Do you think that that is innately related to the religion or do you think that that has anything to do with the community that interprets whatever is around? Yeah, I think like in religion, there's definitely a sense of community. Mm. Having people, like-minded, like-hearted people who believe in the same truths as you, I guess it gives you a sense of comfort, right? Like yeah. it's being surrounded by people who agree with you. <laughs> That's certainly yeah. a part of it. Yeah. Um, in spirituality, I guess the journey can be quite lonely. You know, it's just your relationship with the divine, whatever that is, you know? Yes. I mean, you don't have uh, any, like, I mean, you could feel like you're walking a path that has not been walked before. Yeah. Whereas like in religion, there's like certain formats, a certain like commandments you follow. Yes. And that, that is supposedly supposed to bring you closer to God. Yes. Whereas I guess in spirituality, it's pretty much a dive into the unknown, you know? There's no framework or there's no mechanism for you to go around getting to know God. Yeah. yeah. You're speaking to the void, basically. Yeah, and like just surrendering to like what may be and what could be mm. and that spirituality. Yeah. What, what would you say is, um, do you think, or oh, well, do you think that the your own artistic practices have anything to do with that? Artistic or creative? Or I mean, like, slamming artist is definitely a 
part of our spiritual journey and spiritual growth. Interesting. Yeah, right. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we draw or like what he writes about is actually stuff that we are constantly trying to remind ourselves every day. Mm. Like we don't claim to know it all, but like we are still like learning and growing on this journey. And like sometimes like the stuff we write, we learn about it from the teachings from our favorite gurus like Ellen Watts, mm. Ramdas. Um, and by writing out these words, it kind of reaffirms what we know. And I guess like, yeah, as he said, like spirituality is like quite a lonely journey. And I guess Slimy Oddity um, created this platform it, and we kind of have like a growing, like growing follower base. And we have like a nice little like cozy community <laughs> where everyone <laughs> shares the same, uh, same viewpoints as us. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're kind of using it to like find our fellow like Find the others, friends. you know, yeah. <laughs> in sense eight, you know, find yeah. the others. Yeah. But I guess like it just connects us to like-minded people. I mean, uh, I guess like, you know, from what we talk about, you, know, you don't really find a lot of people in Singapore who share these mm. opinions and stuff. So being on the internet, like it just open it up, opens us up to a lot more people who share these opinions. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, like like Sherry said, we just create reminders and affirmations for these people who are going through like their own spiritual journey, yep. inwards stuff, to show that they're not alone. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of our like followers on Instagram as well, they they will just DM us sharing their own experiences. That's cool. Or, you know, just telling us that, you know, our words make them feel not so lonely in their mm, journey. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and like some um, people, they reach out to us for like tra quite interesting commission work as well. So recently I had this girl from Tunisia, um, which oh, is wow. like Eastern Europe. Gotcha. Yeah, so she wrote in because she wanted me, she wanted to commission me to draw a comic panel um, for this idea that she has like she wants to create like um a comic book for children Ooh. to teach them about spirituality and like eastern mysticism mm. so like i drew like a few pages of panels for her to like show her investors yeah. and yeah. interesting yeah so that was, that was quite fun to work on um yeah Were you surprised by the amount of uh just even responses that you guys got from the very beginning that you started posting your first image all the way to now like is it all very surprising to you guys um, well, we, we kind of hustled for it too. It's social media after all. You gotta okay. like, use some yeah, hashtags we, and stuff. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. Than, like any other social media account. Mm. But I think like, uh, you know, with something like social media and something as personal as the messages that we're trying yeah. to share, like we just got a lot of organic growth and people just like resharing, reposting the stuff that we draw because mm. just because like it's so close to heart and that, you know, we, we, we just are able to explain and elaborate on beliefs and things that people are struggling with. That They don't even have the words to explain what they're going through. But yeah. after they see our drawings and read our words, they can understand their situation and themselves better. Yeah, And that's why we really love what we do. I guess, you know, we're just putting a little more light and love into the world in the way we know how. If you ask me, it sounds like a very comforting and loving philosophy but um i guess what i'm curious about is why you say that is not such a popular disposition in singapore Oof. <laughs> uh i guess you know like in singapore we're all brought up in a way to i mean it's a very meritocracy sort of society where you gotta everyone's like always competing against each other to mm. be the first in class yep to get like into like law school yep. or something like that. And it's always, I, I feel like, at least for me, I was brought up in a very like 
competitive society where we always thought to like you know you gotta be the best it's always like me versus the other my other classmates and yeah. me versus the world sort yeah. of mindset and what we are trying to share is you know I guess going totally against that it's, it's counterintuitive about, yeah it's totally counterintuitive it's all about sharing and about know. living in the moment you know appreciating what we have instead of constantly looking forward into the future mm. or like living in the past yeah, I think yeah. that's something that we, we try and share a lot about living the present, you know, just being fully aware of the fact that we're alive here in this moment, talking to you guys in the yeah. podcast. Yeah. And it's pretty like crazy, like quite a mindfuck. The fact that <laughs> this exists and all these like technologies and these mics all exist yeah. rather than the fact that it's nothing, you know? Yeah. And I think this is something that just goes over our head almost every day, unless we actually take the time and the awareness to actually give gratitude for. Mm. And... um. Yeah, and like I feel like meditation really helps. Like I haven't been doing it enough, but just this morning I was like, okay, because I'm gonna do this podcast today. Yeah, prepare <laughs> 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 for it in the right frame of mind to yeah. talk about this stuff. Yeah. So like I I sat down and like closed my eyes and I, um, went inwards, you know, into my meditative state, and like my mind was just like running, you know, mm. running around like I because I haven't like meditated in a while, and this kind of thing kind of takes practice, you know. So I kind of like didn't know what to think when the actually like the thing you should be doing is just like to try to just focus on your breath and try to forget about like the narratives that your mind is constantly like babbling to you yeah because all that is not real all that is um your thoughts are just part of your ego talking to you you mm. know when i feel like our essential nature it transcends that so much more so like when I go deep into my meditation, it's kind of like I'm communicating with the universal consciousness. Um, yeah, and then I, I was just, um, towards the end of my meditation, I started chanting like my favorite mantra. Yeah. Um, it's the Hare Krishna mantra. What, what is that? So it goes like, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, mm-hmm. Krishna, Krishna, Hare, Hare. Okay. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, mm. Rama, Rama, Hare, Hare. Did I get it right? You did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you able to tell us what that means or is what it means even, is, is that even important? It's basically, like, it doesn't really have any meaning, but mm. when you say those words, um, you know, when you say those words, you're basically invoking the Krishna consciousness. Um, I mean, Krishna is also just another like figurehead. You know, it's just a term for like, Consciousness God, you know, yeah, basically. God, okay. basically. In, in, in the Hindu religion. Yeah. 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 And this doesn't always happen to me all the time. Like sometimes I can like sing it for like an hour and I and I don't really achieve any like breakthrough whatsoever. Yeah. But um like this morning was kind of special. Like as I said the mantra like three times, yeah. I suddenly felt I suddenly felt like this energy of like love just like rushed towards me. Yeah. And this was coming from like or space like beyond something I could even comprehend like um, but I feel like it's always there it's just that we have forgotten how to access it like I feel like everyone has the means to access this like universal consciousness or love that pervades everything yeah. um, but of course like, yeah, you need to be open to it and you need to have like an open heart as well mm. would yeah. you say then awareness right like going back to going yeah. back to what you said awareness yeah. was something that perhaps a lot of people lack and that's why this concept's kind of like absent in yeah, a lot of yeah. people. Like, 
society now is always like a rush to do, to do, to do more, to yep. consume more and stuff. But yep. <laughs> we're called human beings, not human doings. Right. Oh, wow. Wow. I like it. We're going to end up with a session right here. And then that's it. Okay. Right. Like, okay. It's, it's all about being, you know, like being in the sense that you be here, right? Be yeah. here now rather than doing things all the time. Because mm. when your mind's, when you're so like in your mind, just constantly thinking about what meetings you have tomorrow, what plans you want to have yes. in the next year, yes. when you want to buy your next house, when you want to yep. get married, stuff like that, you're just losing the miracle of the the the, the wonderment and the fact that you're there alive. is the miracle of life and the fact yeah. that you're alive. Mm. And I guess like that's what we try to do. We try to remind ourselves and remind like the people who like, you know, look at our art also to just like um take that one second of your hour of scrolling. Yeah. Just to ground yourself and, you know, be be here. Yeah. In that moment. And yeah. if you can do that once a day, I think that's great, you know. Yeah, really, really love what you guys do. And just wondering, do you think that there is a lot of disinformation about such practices? Because um, a lot of my 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 knowledge about... Because I, I used to go to church and all that, and a lot of... What, what I realized in the recent years, it's a lot of deprogramming of what you learn in church and being more conscious about what those teachings actually are and going on a journey yourself. So I'm just curious to know because it's, it's not too hard to, to say that anything that deviates from the norm of a mainstream religion, it's considered esoteric. It could be considered satanic or it could just be considered a bit fringe. But it, it seems that if, 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 if you dive deeper into such concepts, it, it, it's basically all the same thing. I was just wondering, that, do you think that there's a lot of disinformation about such practices to begin with? When yoga, yoga could, I think yoga is a lot, a lot more than just the actions that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we spoke about this a lot, <laughs> but we don't want to come across as like judgy people who like think we are better than everyone else. But yeah, I just feel like- judge all you want, really. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you know your intention. Yeah. Yeah. So like yeah, for the yoga practices, I mean, yoga originated from like Hindu. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's two thousand years ago. It's a spiritual yeah. practice in yeah. the Hindu religion, right? Mm. It's a way to connect like I said similarly to connect to the universal source of energy mm-hmm. through like physical motions yeah because oh, like our body wow. our body has like seven chakras right yeah. so yeah. so it starts off from the root which is at the base of your spine yeah. it goes to the sacral you have the solar plexus which is in your stomach mm-hmm. the heart chakra yeah. the throat chakra and the third eye yeah. And then the crown on the top of your head. So um, all these are actually energy wheels in our head. And yeah, okay. so they're actually spinning, you know, they're actually energy wheels that are spinning within us. Yeah. And all these different energy wheels, they play a part in our well-being. So, like you physical? Know, physical well-being. Oh, okay. It's all tied together, you know. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, I guess what Sherry is trying to drive at is that like I think a lot of modern day yoga, for example, since you brought up that example, it's yeah. just focusing a lot on the physical aspects of it. Yeah, right? the poses, like, the poses, and, yeah, like the holding. Yoga, it, yeah. You got different yogas, like hot yoga, yeah, you're just <laughs> stuff like that. But there's actually like a lot of deeper meaning and dip, deeper intentions behind mm. the poses and yeah. and the stuff that you do. Yeah, and I guess like um, this information, I, I think it's more of like the fear of the unknown and the fear and the fear of like 
being exposed to something that you're not comfortable with. Mm. Like, you know, everyone's like very comfortable in their comfort zone, right? I mean, that's what it's supposed to be, right? That's what it's supposed <laughs> yeah. to be, yeah. Yeah, so, but, like, so when you're exposed to something that actually challenges your beliefs or goes against, like, what you've been told from a young age or conditioned to believe since you were young, yeah, you know, like, you would feel naturally, like, hesitant, re- resistant, really. Almost repelled towards yeah. it, you know? Just because, like, it goes against your beliefs. Yes. That's why it's important to have an open mind, you know, to, to such things. Yeah. And and I, I guess I would say that like, you know, until you really get exposed and experience it yourself, like it's very it's very easy to dismiss it. Mm. But you know, just give it a chance and maybe you'll open your mind and Yeah, I feel like a lot of Christians uh, we have a lot of hater fans a uh, hater haters as well. That's when you know you made it. That's when you know you made it. All these haters are usually like very devout uh, Christians, you know. And then they're they are always saying that we are preaching like the the devil. You know, they are, yeah. they, are, they are like satanic or something. Yeah, because to them, like whatever that deviates out from their Christianity and faith, yeah. it's immediately like satanic or like like hell, you know. But yeah, that's like so much like further, it's like way further from the truth. Yeah, yeah I feel like with all things, there's, you know, it's like there's duality in everything. There's light and dark you know, good and evil. So, I mean, of course, with spirituality, there's a dark side as well. Mm. I mean, like, evil spirits do exist. Yes. Even though they are angels, they are also, like, yep. evil spirits as well. So, it's it's all about the intention, you know? Mm. Like, how how you um, how you want to go with, with, like, your beliefs, you know? Like, rather than... Uh, yeah, I feel like they should, should not be so close-minded. Mm. <laughs> Hmm. Hey. I, I want to ask actually this concept of duality is it a binary in the sense where is it like ones and o's or like it's at one end and the other we're talking about like good and evil right yeah. um does it exist in a binary do you believe it exists in a binary like you or, mean on a spectrum um, yes but it's like is it innate like does it exist in itself I think like being human presented for choice right that's what makes life exciting you can always choose to do something or not to do something yep you can choose to do something good or do something bad yeah so I think in the sense of like the world that we experience there is duality yeah right mm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure what it's <laughs> well it's more, it's more like when you said do something good and do something bad yeah um, does that concept of good or what constitutes as good or what constitutes as bad does it exist beyond the human realm hmm. mm. I don't think it does mm. yeah I feel like the, the concepts good or bad is also a very human concept because we came up with this right I mean like all the laws that we have in this world it's all human constructs so beyond this physical human plane I guess there are no rules there are no laws yeah we are the ones who ascribe meaning to things. I'm just personally curious, for the both of you, um, do you guys grow up with any religion? And if so, are you open to share about it? Um, I mean, my parents are Buddhist, I yeah. guess. But like myself, I'm not super staunch growing up. Like, mm. I don't know. Like I guess I, see, I used to see things differently as well as a kid. Like I just, you know, like the practices that we do in the temples, like they felt a bit like rigid to me yeah like I feel like if you're espousing like love and compassion as long as you you walk your talk I feel like you're, you're doing good right mm. and um, for me it's really like what well, I guess 
I found out as my journey progressed, but what I really believed in was spirituality. Mm. The fact there's like something greater out there and stuff. Yeah. Not confined confined within the meanings of like any certain religion. So just through curiosity, really. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. What about Cherry? Yeah, um, for me, my family are not exactly religious people. I mean, my, my father, I, th- I guess he dabbles in Buddhism, mm. but um, he never ever imposed it on us. So yeah, I grew up a free thinker. I guess that's why my mind was always like quite open to mm. things. Yeah, so um, yeah. Interesting. <laughs> is, is, is spirituality a, like a philosophy or is it a practice or is it necessarily it's, both? It's, it's like, I don't know, a, a way of life. You know, a way that is like certain hmm, question. It's though. it's hard. It's hard to like put it into words. You know, like as Ellen Watts always says, like like the only way to talk about it is just by pointing to the moon. Like that's why when you read all these like philosophy texts, um, sorry, uh, spirituality texts, like it's always just they use metaphors. You know, because what they want to do is they just want to keep on giving you all these meta- metaphors that point towards the same truth and eventually like the questions just drop away and you just like you're just faced with the truth I think like what she's trying to say is that <laughs> no no Sorry, she's yeah. right she's right like, yeah, it's interpretation like, she's right. like, like, yeah. like, um, like spirituality like I said from the, at the start it's, it's a concept that goes beyond human compre- mm. comprehension I think and so what we all can do with our human minds and our you know in our and our in our lives is that we can use our own ways, like our own technologies, like language, to express the ineffable. Mm-hmm. And you know, so many people are caught up with like using Sherry's analogy, like um like so like all the spiritual texts, philosophy, they're all like fingers pointing to the moon, for example. Yep. And everyone's fixated on the finger, but not the moon. Gotcha. And um I think that's 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 what she was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> so are you saying like like in that sense then the finger is like technology and the pursuit for the truth is the moon? No, nah, mm. the, so the finger can be anything like uh, like even our words, our art are just like fingers pointing to the truth, right? And the truth being the moon. Yeah. But we can't really express the truth as the truth because we will have to use our words and art Music because it exists beyond yeah because it exists exists beyond beyond language language which is a human construct a human technology right and it exists beyond logic and what your rational thinking mind can like comprehend yeah so like I guess if if it's someone who hasn't experienced anything like what we say is just like a bunch of nonsense you know (laughs) (laughs) doesn't make any sense at all but like to us it's cool because like that's our truth you can have your truth and we respect that you know there's no like um Discrimination. Yeah. Like so, so it's not about uh We're not preaching anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just about yeah. it's just for us to share what we believe in on Instagram. Mm. And Yeah, because like in real life it's hard. Because, in real like, life, like like people are um usually quite skeptical. Yeah. Do you think because it's open. largely largely intangible concepts that you 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 don't have a manifest you don't have a physical manis- manifestation of yeah, these yeah. things that you cannot point to oh it's like this yeah. but it's largely talking about things that either people you just have, get, have a get. passing yeah, thought yeah. have have a passing thought about it or have never even considered things like that. Yeah. Before. Do you think that's the reason why these conversations are not that easy to get into? Yeah. I mean because like we're sp- what. I guess what we're trying to like communicate through the art is pretty like I said, it's 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 something that goes beyond language or words, right? Yeah. 
So it's just very hard to communicate it with people unless they already kind of have an have a brush with like brush with it, you know, yeah. Mm. yeah. Or and then f- for them to be able to start questioning themselves and start this whole personal inward journey of theirs, and um, you know, like people who spiritual people comes from like all walks of life. Yes. You know, it's not like you know you're a certain mode like. And then you're spiritual. I mean, you could have a banker who's equally as spiritual as a monk, you know. It's just all about believing in it. And it's just very hard to like identify, you know, <laughs> someone who is or someone who's yeah. not. Yeah. And like, I guess because like in, on the internet, um, it's, it connects us all around the world in an yes. instant. And it's yeah. just you easier for hashtags us. And everything, yeah, yeah, it's just easier for people who are already kind of interested in such things to be exposed to it. And um, yeah. Oh, and I also wanted to bring up a point. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, please. <laughs> like I feel like um, with like spiritual people, like everyone always often has like this idea of like what they look like, like dreadlocks. Um, they okay. do yoga uh, like, or like yeah, basically like pets. every hippie you see yeah. in Bali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And yeah. I feel like those are the only people who are like recognized as like spiritual people. Mm. Quotes, uh, air yeah. quotes. <laughs> yeah. But um, I guess with my art, it really deviates from that norm, you know. I don't really because I mean I myself I don't really subscribe to that mold as well and I feel like there are many other people in the world like me as well yeah. who don't who don't feel that um like spirituality has to like to be spiritual you need to look a certain way mm. you need to wear like flowy clothes and like <laughs> um, meditate on the yeah, beach or wear like flowers or, in your yeah. hair yeah. Like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. so it goes beyond those physical um, yeah, yeah. identifiers so, yeah exactly because yeah, like when, so you, when, you, when you want to look a certain way then that's still kind of like prescribing to like your sense of physical appearance right like mm. you, you, you feel like for you to feel or be a certain way you have to look a certain way yeah. and I guess to us that's not like what we're trying to share with you know it's, yeah. it goes beyond the physical do you oh? think that that plays in into the materiality of like particular societies uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, um, it's inescapable to a certain degree. Yeah, because modern day society. Yeah, I mean, like that's that's why we feel that like spiritual people can wear any yeah. s- sleeve or any clothes you want. Yeah. It's just a matter of how you. It's like I guess it's almost like a philosophy. Almost, it's almost like a way of life, yeah. right? Like you just have to have certain beliefs and and act react in situations a certain way and you could be spiritual you know it's not about looking a certain way or behaving certain ways as well it's just a very open-ended practice yeah I think I think I've I've, I've definitely heard of people's examples like they, they would say like when they talk to certain individuals you can feel a certain energy of them that is almost magnetic to a certain degree is that something that you yeah. would say yeah, yeah. something like that uh, just just the, the, the way they talk yeah. the, the topics they talk about yeah. the way they carry themselves there's a certain magnetic energy about them definitely I think like you know humans we are quite limited to our five physical senses right like, those six five, five, six, yeah. five six I don't know <laughs> I read that it was six yeah really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it like the, the, the six sense yeah the six sense who knows yeah. maybe but, like you know there's so many senses out there or energies out there that we're not aware of because of course. we can't yeah. react with it in this physical plane you know yeah. like stuff like like I don't know, I like to use love as an example, but love is not something you can see, touch, feel, or hear physically, right? It's something that you feel in your heart that you know exists, uh-huh. but you can't quantify it. Like actions, yes. like yes, like actions, like say when you hug or kiss someone, those are actions, those are products of love. Yeah, but to define or to like quantify what love is, 
physically you can't. You can go on for days, but you can never hit what yeah, love exactly. actually so is. Yeah, exactly. So you can yeah. sing about love and you can write about love, but yeah. you can't really like say what love is. Mm. Similarly with like, I guess what we're trying to say with spirituality and stuff, you can go around in circles around it many, many, many times, but you can't, you just cannot express it because it's inexpressible. Yeah. But it's not, at the same time, it's not about like grasping it also because that would completely lose its meaning. Yeah. Such so a paradox. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think this is like the podcast of mind yeah. fucks, you know. Yeah. Is it? Like the more you define it, the further away you are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. You yeah. know, like, I think the more you want something, like when you get it, you realize that you didn't really want it after all or something like that. Interesting. You know? It sounds like a frustrating yet fulfilling and it dips back to frustrating journey and yeah. fulfilling journey. And yeah. it keeps going on this cycle. It, it, it never ends, really. It never ends. It's because a lifelong it's, journey, it's right? It's two sides yeah. of a coin. You're never going to meet it, you know, but you just have to know that it exists mm. on the other side. Mm. Yeah. Which is the same of like life and death also. You know, they are the same, they are like just two different sides of the same coin. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, you mean like a, like an existence that's devoid of definition is one that's more worth living? Yeah, I mean, like, in the sense, then you prescribe any meaning to it. Mm. You mean, mm. And that's what we believe in as well. Like, you know, like, we, we can have conversations with people who totally dismiss what we say, yet still respect what they believe in. Mm. Because we feel like everyone's free to believe in what they yep. believe in. You know, there's yep. no... We don't feel like we have to confine them or convert them to what we believe in. You know, this is just what we believe in and we're happy with that. Yeah, yeah so long as you believe in something, it becomes real for you. So like, I'm I'm not going to say, deny like all other religions don't exist or they are not real because I do believe that they all exist. It, it's possible that they can all exist, you know. Um, I've been itching to ask this question. Um, so with everything that you've said about like spirituality and you know all this stuff um i guess really uh, i'm really quite curious what each of your dispositions are towards the human existence whether there is an innate sense of purpose or lack thereof or whether it's non-essential at all mm. so you mean you're asking whether life um, is full of meaning or devoid of meaning is it Mm, just what your disposition is on life on the human existence mm, on the human existence okay so I think like okay like because I was brought up in a Buddhist home right? okay, although not very staunch but as an as a boy with a lot of interest in religion and, and spirituality and stuff I, I read a lot into it and so in the Buddhist like religion I wouldn't call Buddhism a religion it's more of like a philosophy mm. this what's thing, the difference um Philosophy is like a way of life. Yeah. There's no like particular uh, hard rules hard about rules, it. Hard rules, yeah. There's okay. suggestions and in I mean like when you hear the Dalai Lama talk and like even in the Buddhist scriptures it's all about going out there to experience yourself what the teachings are yeah. to find out whether they're objectively true or not for you. Mm. If they're true for you and they work for you, okay, then this must be your truth. If it doesn't, then move on. You know, it's not about forcing any beliefs or stuff yep. onto you. And so in Buddhist, there's this like uh, belief of reincarnation, right? Yes. Like, so what, what they believe is that we're all stuck in this wheel of samsara. And yes. samsara is yeah. basically like a cyclical existence of life and everything. Yeah. And you have to uh, um, achieve like moksha, which is like liberation from okay. this like condition of like 
life after life and after life. And I guess, um, I guess for us to be born in human in the Buddhist context, we have to have accrue a lot of good karma, right? Mm. I mean, rather than being born like an animal or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, it's my belief that we're here to like learn, to grow, mm. and to spread as much like light, love, compassion as we can because that's what we truly are within. Yeah. Like just vessels of light and love. I know I sound very optimistic and, and, and positive, but I think... Are you? I, I think so, yeah. I, okay. I think... I mean, if you compare like animals to humans, I feel like we got it like so much better. (laughs) You know, being humans, we are blessed. We are so blessed to be able to choose and to choose like between good or bad. You know, an animal is like primarily, primarily driven by their primal instincts and their biological presets. But we are able to make conscious decisions in our lives every day. And we need to use this to show more like compassion towards like the animals around us, the environment, everything, just simply because like we have the because thinking, can, right? rational yeah. mind yeah. to like make these decisions. Yeah. Like we can choose not to eat another animal, you know, we mm. can choose not to consume plastic. So yeah. you're saying that um, as humans, it's it like is a blessing to be human. Yeah. Because yeah. we are capable of going above our physiological like desires, your f- yeah, animal exactly. instincts, so to speak. Yeah. So that the disposition to do that, the the position to do that, like to go above it, is something that we should pursue. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's like part of the human condition, right? The fact that we can ponder about life. Yeah, the whole have, idea of philosophy. We have so much potential to make this world a better place, you know, based on our capabilities. Of like, yeah, but instead, like we are just destroying this whole planet. Like, we are having wars mm. with each other. Yeah. Yeah, so we are Would, not doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> but but are wars part of animal instinct? I, I would say, yeah. Like, um, I think, like, you know, there's like a very primal instinct to like fight, to, to you know, it's always like a very like... Territorial. Mm, territorial me versus the world sort mm. of mindset. Mm. And I think being humans, we are the only living things on the earth who can actually ponder about this and choose to like not engage in like this primal uh, competition and, you know, like for example, go inwards and stuff. I don't think, I'm not sure whether dogs can ponder about their lives or like ants scurrying on the floor, whether they can actually think about their existence. Yeah, it's a mindfuck if they can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I think they can though. Like they say, Cats. <laughs> like cats when they are just like you know stoning there they are actually just they are simply meditating they're just being I feel like most animals they're just being as well like turtles true, too true. do they think in males or do they think in words <laughs> it's always exactly, on my exactly like, like you know like if an ant could think about the fact that it was an ant what was what's going through its mind mm. I mean because we can we understand that we're human we understand our place in the world and stuff but do animals just like interact with their Primal instincts and yeah. the stuff that happens around then. I don't know. I think I, I, I think always get my it's, it's by interesting it. to consider that lions don't even consider themselves lions because yeah. they it lions is a human term given unto them. Exactly. And yeah. So exactly. that is a particularly interesting train of thought to even. Yeah, I mean, humans about. are able to apply concepts, abstract stuff to the world that we see. The physical us. world. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I guess like animals are very like they take they take things as it is mm. there and there. And maybe it's a good thing that they can't, you know, have all these like 
it's existential questions because then they they're just being yeah. in the moment, and I don't know. They are saying the monkeys difficult. are learning though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I okay. Hmm. So with animals. You know, because of their lack of like a higher consciousness, so to speak, um, that means that they're in a state of just being, which is something that, you know, you guys said is something you do when you meditate. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there's also that disposition where we're supposed to rise above being an animal. Yeah, correct. As humans, we have that capability to actually transcend our biological programming. Mm. And you know instincts and stuff. But at the same time, we should also elevate ourselves above the ego, so to speak. Like the the, we should try to maintain that sense of being like an animal, but remove ourselves from the instincts of an animal. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's like just shed all the concepts of mm. what you think you are just to be here and now. Like, don't have any like, don't ascribe like concepts or words to what this is, and just ex- enjoy it for what it is. Mm. Yeah, because I feel like when the ego gets in the way, that's when a lot of other other negative um, aspects of being human arises, like greed, um, hate, anger. So yeah, when she says like the concept of the ego is like the concept of me, right? Mm-hmm. It's me, I'm separate. I like to use this. Like, <laughs> like we always say that we're like apart from the world. Like, you know. You as an individual? Yeah, you as an individual yeah. apart from the world, but we're all truly just like a part of the world, right? Like, so like apart, spacing part. <laughs> 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 as a word in a part. Like, okay. You know, like all apart right. from the world, like yes. separate from the world. Yes. But a we're spacing all, part. Yeah, uh, a spacing part. But we're yeah. all actually just like, you know, like a part. Like if you world. think about it, like a tree, like it just sprung out of the earth, right? Yes. And we always feel like we were born onto this earth. Like we are kind of like separate from this earth. We were just like, this is just a physical location that we were born in. But what we don't see is that we actually sprouted out from this earth, like the trees on this planet, like all the nature that you see. Like, I mean, if you just like zoom out from our planet, right? Like all you see is this ball, this like lively ball floating in space. Yeah. And all these like, busy animals on it like they all they're all just part of this floating ball yeah yeah so what makes us different right why like why what makes us different from animals or plants in that sense that like why do we think that we kind of like almost like descended on this earth rather than we like sprout out of it in a sense like the rest of it yeah Mm. interesting why do we sprout out of it who knows because (laughs) nature (laughs) because nature (laughs) I guess when I have the answer, I'll text you guys, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Telegram works. <laughs> so, um, you guys talked about uh, a, l- a little bit about spiritual gurus, and I think, I think the most fascinating thing about everything we've talked about, and even on personal journeys, everything is how do people even start? Yeah, I think because growing up in Singapore, going through the education system, and there is no mention of things like this, the only the only notion that you get to touch is religion. So how 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 would you recommend or who don't recommend how would you what is a good starting point for someone who wants to 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 um experience these concepts? Mm. Approach them. Approach them, yeah really I think sometimes they just find you, you know. Like okay. the experiences or the concepts find you as much as you want to find them. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the most, like I guess, like for me personally, like some of the deepest realizations and 
moments of clarity I've had were ones that I did not expect. Like, you know, I might be chasing down a certain truth or trying to figure something out and be like super like mind-fucked about it for months or weeks. And then suddenly out of the blue, like something happened and it just snapped to me. You know, I'm just like, oh shit, yeah, this is what it means or this Mm -hmm. is what it's supposed to be like. Yeah. So I think like life happens to everyone, right? And we're just on this journey towards the physical death of our being. Yeah. And I think like everyone's journey is different. Everyone has a unique uh, path that they take. Yeah. And sometimes it just happens to you. Sometimes you can seek it, seek out for them. I mean, I think, I guess that more people are starting to get interested in like mindfulness. Why Why do you think that is? Because I'm actually personal, personally curious to, to find out your opinions about it. Why do you think that there is a sudden or there seemed to be a sudden surge of interest in things pertaining to the mind and things pertaining to beyond the, the physical realm? Is it just because of technology? Like you guys say, social media, hashtags, it's easier to connect people uh, all over the world. It's not limited to, to geography anymore because of uh, the anonymity of the internet and people are more open to sharing it. Yeah, I think... Uh, so like, Timothy Leary, right? Is he, is it Aldox Huxley who said that? Timothy Leary. So he's like a 60s like counterculture, like hippie mm. icon. He said that... Uh, in the 90s, that um, PC and the whole cyber culture PC, okay, yeah. would be like, it's, it's the LSD of the 90s. Gotcha. In the sense that like, um, the internet would actually be something that can connect humans and totally cause like a paradigm shift in the way we think and mm. the way we interact with the world around us. Yeah. And you know, having the internet just it's quite mind-blowing, right? The fact that we can instantly like message someone across the world. It's ridiculous, yeah. It's crazy. Like when you think about it, like, you know, just like... And like all the knowledge you ever want to f- get or find is all available there for you just like with Google. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, right? Like imagine like 500 years ago, like if you want to learn about something, you might not even know it exists, right? Yep. But now like anything, just ask Google, ask Siri and yeah. you have the answer to it. Yeah. And that's pretty crazy when you think about like it. Even 20 years ago, yeah, that like, doesn't even exist. Yeah, I mean, like, we've probably yeah. all seen, like, the whole, like, dial up, the fact that <laughs> when, you, when you want to connect to the internet, you have to, like, don't use your phone. Don't use your phone. And like, if your mom gets a, a call at home, then your whole internet crashes, right? Yeah. I mean, the fact that now we're in this hyper-connected world, mm. it's pretty insane to think about it. Yeah. Do you think there's a downside to knowing too much, though? Being, being faced with too much information, too much, uh, because analysis paralysis is a thing. Like you knowing so much that it, it kind of freezes up because you you have to consider this, 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 that. And it is part of the human experience. Like you, you have so many choices, you don't know what to do. So do you think that there's a potential downside to knowing too much and seeing so much, being connected? Because right now, I, I think the, 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 the notion of being bounded physically in a country, I think it's very... Uh, debatable because with the internet you're, you're connected globally everyone could be considered with a working internet access could be considered a global citizen because of Twitter Instagram YouTube even yeah so do you see do you, do you, do you think there's a potential downside too? Um, yeah I think uh, the way social media is right now it's so curated for us yeah I think um, by the robots <laughs> by robots by algorithms 
Yeah, algorithms. Like, yeah. What, what does it even mean, algorithms? I don't, I don't actually know. But it means that someone's programming this particular robot to show you what you yeah, think yeah, you yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. So like, like, so like, like from our clicks, like algorithms are able to generate what they think we want to see. Yes. They they connect us to like information that I don't know people in power, governments, or what wants yes. us to see. Yes. And that takes away a bit of individuality, right? Yeah. And when you when you solely exist in the virtual world, in yeah. social media, yeah. I think that takes away some of our identity as what we are, mm-hmm. a human, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, you, you see so much instances right now where social media can be used as a weapon against... It can be weaponized, it's ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, with all like the Russian elections yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, like, how crazy is like even like the recent like Hong Kong protests, right? Yeah. Like China was like launching this like campaign on Twitter, where like disinformation, yeah, yeah, disinformation and stuff on Twitter, and yeah. like, you know, I think stuff like that happens on like many levels that we're even unaware of. Of course, yeah, and and that's quite scary to think about. But I mean, like the internet and social media, I guess is like a tool, a, 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 like it's a technology after all. Yeah. And for now, it's still in the hands of us, right? And humans. And it's like fingers a double crossed, edge. Uh, yeah, <laughs> for now. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's still within our control. Yeah. And we can... It's like a double-edged sword, right? You can choose to use it for good or for bad. You yeah. know, bringing back... Like, linking back to what we believe in. Yeah. It's... You still can use it to further good causes or you can use it for, like, detrimental reasons. How, how do you... How do the both of you see technology in general playing out because it's it's not hard to imagine that the amount of times we look at our screens it's only going to go up as technology progresses and it's progressing at a pretty pretty substantial rate so how how do you guys uh, make of that what 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 do you guys make of that i think we are right smack in the middle of an exciting time mm. where the skills could tip either way oh know? interesting it, but it also means that there's more responsibility and power that lies within us to we need to make sure that it hits in the right direction. But clearly right now, I mean the odds are stacked <laughs> higher <laughs> against us. Yeah, but um that's why it's so important to use the internet to find the others, you know. We need use to, it consciously. I mean use the yeah. internet as a tool consciously. Consciously right? and being aware of it. Being aware as of a tool. What, what it is. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, just like I guess the past few years, like for social media, right? Like we talk about fake news, about yes. like disinformation and stuff. About bots even. Bots even, yeah. And but for the good, like, you know, like it increases the awareness of issues like of, for us, like people in Singapore on like happenings around the world that we might not even know yeah. happen without social media or the internet. Yeah. yeah, because our news source is so curated, right? Yeah. Like we only see what the government wants to tell us. Yes. Yeah. And so stuff like the whole Amazon rainforest, yeah. you know, like the killings in Syria and stuff like that. Yeah. Or even like hashtags of like Me Too, you know, stuff like that. Mm. Those are positive things that come out from social media. Yeah, those are good examples, you know. And and I hope that as as we progress with time and and you know with being connected more and being more glued to our phones in future, like that's where we're heading towards. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, it's it's. But I believe that things really need to get very bad before we can see a change. <laughs> oh you know? dear. This is so bad that like people finally have like a wake up call, you know, to so try the, harder. So the purge, lah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I I guess with with you know like after saying that, 
um, this concept of doing good, right, using the internet to do good, or some people who use it to do bad, um, is very much dependent and very much subjective in terms of the users who perceive what good and bad is. Mm-hmm. And for some people, um, the way they use the internet, whether it's for like small things like cyberbullying or like hacking into large organizations to steal information from people, you know, the degree of what is good and bad is very much subjective, dependent on the objective of certain individuals, right? Um, then going about that and thinking of the, you know, the human disposition, right? How do we, you know, what what's your take then on navigating through situations where when talking to people with not just a difference in opinion on spirituality, but with a difference in opinion of morality, right? Which indelibly affects everybody else in the ecosystem, right? Then you're navigating between, you know, like what you said, right? There's good and bad, right and wrong. Um, is the objective supposed to be at trying to achieve good or eliminating bad? Or what is the, what is there supposed to even be like a particular objective or drive? Or is the drive itself or the pursuit itself the point? On on the internet, right? You mean? Or just in yeah, general? Well, in the internet, I guess it's a metaphor of everything else in general. Mm-hmm. Um like like I said, the internet is like a tool, right? It's like a like I guess a, like a primitive tool, something like a hammer, and the internet is just like a way 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 more advanced version of a tool of a hammer, right? Like we can use the hammer to like smash someone someone's like skull in, or you yeah. can use it to like build structures and buildings and cities and stuff. Yeah. And I, I guess I don't know. I just like to hope. I hope to see like the good in people, you know, the belief that inherently we're all good people. Mm. That, you know, any acts of like evil or violence is stems from ignorance. Or maybe it stems from like a bad childhood, you know, like it gets passed on from generations. Mm. Like, I feel like evil people, they are usually evil because like their parents were um, like didn't show them love or like they were abused since a kid that's why they have so much anger and rage mm. inside of them so in order to heal this, these people I guess they need to drink some ayahuasca <laughs> and Ooh, heal my their oh, I have a question on wounds. that <laughs> <laughs> ayahuasca what, what uh, is ayahuasca yeah what is yeah. ayahuasca <laughs> um, okay so like it's basically this like shh concoction yeah. that that um, tribes have been taking for many, many years. Like, yeah, mil- mille- eight millennia yeah, ago. Yeah, like, like just really wow. long time ago. I mean, recently, like in Bolivia, yeah. they found this ancient artifact of a pouch and then it was just like a concoction of ayahuasca. And that this was like from the year like 900, the year 1000. So that's like a thousand <laughs> years ago. And they found it and it was wow. just like... A bag of treats, you know? <laughs> a bag, <laughs> a bag, of, a bag of treats. <laughs> and and, yeah. and uh, I think so, like, the main component in, in, in ayahuasca is DMT. DMT. So it's, it's... DMT, like, okay. Yeah, so it's this, like, very woo-woo, buzzy... Uh, it's a buzzword these yeah, days. Yeah, yeah I mean, like... Psychedelics I mean, in general. Yeah. I have no idea what DMT is. Actually, DMT is chemical. It's this chemical that is, like, present in every living yes. creature. Okay. It's inside our 
pineal gland. I said the pituitary gland. Oh, pituitary. <laughs> is it the pineal yeah. gland? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere in the head. Yeah. yeah gland. The sun gland. Yeah. yeah. Brain. <laughs> Brain. Yeah. So, so apparently, like when you, when, when there's a spike in this level of DMT in you, uh, naturally or or when you consume something, you're supposed to like. I don't know, transcend your... Your spirits, your spirit kind of goes to an, a portal and it... Yeah, I don't know, like, 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 like you just go into a, like another world. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. I don't know. We haven't done it, so we don't know. Yeah. Uh, we haven't done it. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't and know. we never will. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer, yeah. <laughs> but I, but I put, it's interesting you brought up ayahuasca yeah. and psychedelics because... I haven't particularly fascinated by it because of the the harsh ban in Singapore. So because of the internet, you get to to uh, YouTube people's experience of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was one in particular where the guy took, I think it's acid. I think a potent combination of acid and weed. And he mentioned going through like the portal and seeing this Egyptian deity. And I've... After you listen to it a couple, after you listen to a couple more experiences, it's, it's always traces of the same uh, process. You go through something, you you see something divine, something you can't even comprehend. Maybe conversations were exchanged. You come back feeling a bit different. Yeah. So, do you think that psychedelics has, has always been part of the human culture, and somewhere along the line, it just got forgotten because of I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I it, think, it just got exchanged for physical yeah, things. Yeah. I think, I mean, firstly, like, I think plant medicine such as ayahuasca. Yeah. That's quite medicine, you know. It's, it's, it's most, I think, like, in the past, like, in tribes, like, it's always prescribed by a medical shaman. Yeah. And the shaman is, like, an individual in the tribe that's vivid, you know. Mm. It's something that people used to, like, go inwards and discover themselves or discover yes. something yeah. more. Yeah. And um, I think lumping psychedelics and plant medicine with drugs such as like cocaine and stuff is just wrong. Mm. Like it's just not the same thing. Yeah. They're all like, you know, mind altering, I guess. Yes. But I, I, I don't know. Like I feel they're just used in very different contexts and for diff- many different things. Yeah. And I think... Because I feel like all these plant medicines, they are actually very sacred. Like Mm. all these plants, they have their own spirits. And when you consume um, these plants, you are actually communing with the spirit and the spirit is trying to teach you life lessons. And to just take it for recreational purposes, it's just completely disregarding that. And like, it's just... um, It's just like... Disrespectful. I mean, like, I think like people share their ayahuasca experiences, they always come into contact with Mother Gaia or like mm, Mother Earth or yeah. Mother Aya, which is like supposedly Aya. Interesting. the, the yeah. embodiment of like the ayahuasca spirit. Yeah. And and when you actually read more into like the history behind like ayahuasca, it's actually like a certain root, I think, a plant root mm. mixed with like some other kind of plant you can find in the Amazon forest which actually deactivates, I don't know, this goes very technical, but it, it's like a combination of these two plants yeah. that actually makes the DMT come out. Oh, and wow. It synthesizes and it, it synthesizes it. Or I don't know exactly how, but yeah. what my main takeaway from that was that like amongst like the millions and millions of plants and, and, and wildlife available in the Amazons, these like tribes were able to like 
find just yeah, this two that actually yeah. could interact and induce such a uh, experience. Have, I don't know how many people must have died. But I think like the whole idea of psychedelics and you know all these like mind-inducing drugs have also like taken a new meaning, you know, like especially like in Silicon Valley, like people microdose on acid and other drugs oh, just real? to increase like their productivity. productivity yeah. Yeah, biohacking. Yeah, biohacking is a real thing. Yeah. What I mean that? like what even floating in the pot, that's a form of biohacking. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's just like doing things that do optimize your body, your productivity rate, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> people are just like bought, you know, craving like the next like experience, next you know. Mm. Is taking coffee biohacking? Yeah, in some ways, I guess it I mean, is. Caffeine yeah, is a caffeine drug, is a drug right? yeah. like Sugar is a drug, right? There's just like... Sugar is not a drug. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> they're just things that get you... Like, it's an addictive yeah. substance and they're just like legal addictives and illegal like addictives and it's just people in power who set what's right and what's wrong, you yeah. know? And um, the infamous drug ban in the states. I mean, yeah, if yeah. you actually look more into it, I think it's a particularly you, you can make your own opinions about it. But if you look into why marijuana was even banned in the first place, and you look into the motives of the guy banning it in power back then, I think it's particularly fascinating. Yeah, it was a very yeah. like racial driven sort of. Yep. Like, from what yep. I, from what I know, it's a very racial driven agenda. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, I mean that that came in the back of like the. I think like the 50s or the 60s, yeah, right? Like within that time period. Yeah, because like after the war or something like, you know, we, they needed like an, a scapegoat or like yep. an enemy within yep. the state rather than yeah. outside to blame. Yep. And drugs was just a convenient way to, uh, you know, find a scapegoat. Allegedly. Uh, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to tie back to ayahuasca. Um, you haven't looked into it. I, I don't know much about it. Um, was it taken um, as a rite of passage for a certain individual to... To, to open the individual's mind for a position of power why was it taken back then do you know I know like back then actually back then right only shamans could take it mm. because like shamans they had the power to like um, be a guide you know spirit guide for the tribe like, la, and for, for the, the leaders tribe, yeah because yeah. like to be to take this kind of powerful plant medicine you need to have the power to be able to commune with yes. these spirits and yeah. like set boundaries and stuff like that yeah, yeah so um, back then um, when there's like witchcraft happening in the tribes um, like shamans usually take it to like kind of undo like black magic yeah yeah. so back then it was purely for um, like rituals and stuff like that yeah yeah and um, but I'm sure like um, in other tribes these days like some like ex- especially where where they take it for as a rite of passage I think like in Peru in a lot of like the South American places where all these indigenous cultures still exist. Yeah. Like, I think it's still very much a rite of passage. But I think from what I've heard recently, like, it's a lot of, like, Western tourists going there, just... Trending. Trend, it's a very trendy thing, you know. It's just people going there just to get high. Mm. And I think that, that loses, like, the real meaning behind it. Like, it's not sacred anymore, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it becomes, no, it's it becomes very commodified, you know. Yeah. But I mean, like, I mean, in general, like, psychedelics, I think we're seeing a shift in the Western world right yeah. now. Mm. Like, you know, reputable colleges like Imperial College or even um, like John Hopkins, they're doing a lot of like legal research into the medicinal benefits of like mushrooms and mm. stuff like this yeah. into mm. actually treating PTSD and mm. war veterans yep. and stuff yep. like that. Yeah. So I think maybe slowly in the Western world, like there's a gradual shift, um, you know, away from lumping psychedelics and all these like therapeutic 
substances from like drugs. Which, it's like the disinformation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think you 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 do you, do you foresee seeing a change not just in Singapore but on the global scale that laws like this would change in your lifetime? I hope so, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no faith in the system. Yeah, yeah in the system. I yeah. mean, uh, but it can be speculated yeah. that the marijuana thing in the states was a pretty big progress. Yeah. The, the the fact that a lot of different states in 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 America lifted the ban of marijuana, yeah. So that now in, in certain states you can I think in the in, in the more polarized uh, more liberal states like uh, Cali and in New York I think it, it's you can use it recreationally now. Yeah, I think it's still primarily driven by economic benefits to yes. the county, right? Yes. Or, or the states yes. or whatever. A lot of economical <laughs> benefits. Yes. Ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I guess to like the governments and the people in power, it's still very much like a dollar and cent thing. Dollar mm. and cents thing. Like instead of spending money to catch people peddling drugs yes. and marijuana, like they mm. might as well do it themselves in, yes. a safe, <laughs> in a safe and contained environment where yeah. like, you know, it's, it's within the controlled environment, I guess. Like it's just safer that way for them. And it makes money. Yeah. Taxes and whatnot. So it's a win-win for them. Yeah. Like Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. Like Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah, I think I read some interesting uh, article about how because of the because of the illegal the illegality of drugs, that actually pushes crime a lot more. So when mm. particular states when they lifted the ban, there were lesser crimes because of it. Yeah, because it's not as how would I say it? you don't have to do it in secret anymore you don't have to go through illegal sources like the, the gangs and the mafia Not you're not funding them directly with getting getting something as simple as marijuana so yeah there's definitely some merit to 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 opening up uh, the the or lifting the ban from such uh, how would I say plant medicine Substances. <laughs> Substances. Herbology. Yeah. I think it's quite just limited to to marijuana at the moment in the mm. US. Yeah. Mm. I think like uh I think like psychedelics and plant medicine is still very much misunderstood. Yeah. I mean it's just very much of like modern society not understanding like the real purpose of plant medicine. And I think all these it's I mean all the deeper meaning and the sacred ritual or stuff like that is really things that only like indigenous cultures from but I guess it can be quite dangerous if it becomes legal and people start commodifying it you Mm. know and then you get like weird shamans doing inappropriate things to like their clients I mean there there have been reports of like horny shamans (laughs) in in modern day society in modern day society yeah like like there are a lot of like um, accidents that happen where like the like the client who goes in to have a session gets yeah. like raped or something like oh, that dear. like it has happened many times even yeah, so, so, and this is South America right yeah South yeah. America but this goes back to what Nick was saying about the morality of individuals you can't really it's not something that anybody can control and it's kind of yeah. like a yeah because you, you I would imagine the person going in wanting like a spiritual journey but instead got taken advantage of that particular individual so there really is no control, like the the actions of the individual. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot control like the good and bad of human nature. Mm. Yeah. Do you think that's a modern day equivalent of a shaman? Do, mm. do would you consider doctors that? No. Is mm. it too 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 easy of a of a question? Like too. Yeah. I yeah, think I think it, like um, Reiki practitioners. I guess they qualify as modern day shamans. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I still think there's like. 
a lot of people out there who still believes in like you know healing themselves through natural means rather than western medicine as well yeah you know like even there like some technologies like uh bioresonance the fuck is that okay, so, so like so this I think Sherry's gonna try it tomorrow bioresonance so, bioresonance yeah. so yeah. it's like this uh, it's, it's, light. it's actually invented by this German inventor in yeah. Germany yeah so it's basically this machine that helps to calculate like all the energy levels in your body so okay. like it, it believes that all our organs have its own energy vibratory patterns to it Okay. So like let's say you have cancer, you know, mm. it's because like a particular organ was like attacked, was inflamed and attacked mm. by mm. a virus, yeah. and it and like a diseased organ has a specific vibratory pattern. So they basically have all these vials of all the different diseases you can think of. So like let's say you have um I don't know you have like diabetes. Diabetes. Okay. okay. You have this vial for diabetes that actually has the energy pattern of diabetes and they feed it to this machine yeah. and it kind of flips and reverses the harmful energy patterns in your body. Okay. But right now, like obviously it's not recognized by like most like medical like, places. Like, this is this is in Angmokyo Central by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so <laughs> you know you wanna try go go Angmokyo Central. I'm I'm very curious, how does it flip? Um is it through vibrations? Like yeah, wavelengths? Through, through, through energy. Yeah, yeah wavelengths. Wavelength. So like they yeah, use like this machine to like kind of, so apparently they identified like say a pattern okay. of like a certain illness. Yes. So they just basically flip it. So they that feed you the positive energy to counter the negative energy. Yeah, and then after a while it balances out depending on how badly, like how bad your condition is right. it kind of it'll take like a few sessions to like balance it out and it comes in the form of light sound um, energy energy, <laughs> energy? It like, feels like, like electricity I guess so you like, so it's like vibrations basically yeah. oh, okay. just vibrations. vibrations wow so you're so, sitting there vibrating and you get <laughs> pretty much yeah. it, oh. I don't think you're vibrating okay maybe okay. Uh, right. yeah. maybe we come back to the podcast next time okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She, can, she can explain how it felt <laughs> what, 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 what are you going there specifically for is this something you can um, it's just like yeah I just have like allergies <laughs> oh. and so apparently they can they can actually heal allergies apparently oh, or at dude. least like balance you out so that like you're not so allergy prone yeah okay. wow so, like, I really need to go for like, that yeah. oh, I, I have, I have allergies well. too yeah. are you allergic to I have a really horrible allergy peanuts oh yeah, maybe maybe they might yeah. be the problem. Text Texas but, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm okay, right? <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Okay. So, um just have a couple more curious questions. Like, do you feel like people, individuals in, in modern day society, they have a lack of purpose because as what Cherry said at the very beginning of this podcast, it's it's largely tied to identity and to a certain degree your profession. Yeah, like you are a school teacher, you are a musician. And as much as we try to to think about things, they are largely labels. And without that, as what she's as as as, as what she said, like, who are you? So do do you feel like there is a lack of purpose in individuals these days? That it it is a bit um nihilistic to a certain degree living yeah I I feel that um, 
people these days they just base their self worth on the on their success, the amount of money they have, mm. and yeah, just forever chasing this goal that you're never gonna reach because it's never gonna be enough. Yeah. You know, with things that can be like quantified and like um, that you can grow. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a fact that like no matter where you are, there's always going to be someone better than you. Um, it's just like an endless, yeah. It's just an endless cycle. So, are there is is would you say that uh, being aware of spirituality and things of grander meaning to whatever we see physically would that be a potential remedy for the lack of purpose? Uh, I think so because like what Sherry said that like we are very often like overly attached to mm. like our labels. So even things like your emotions, your thoughts, mm. you know, sometimes we are so entrenched in it that like you almost believe you are your thoughts and you are your feelings, right? Yeah. I mean, like the way I see it is that like these things constitute our identity of ourself. Yeah. But we're not just that, right? We're just not just the way we think. We're just not just the way we feel. And what we are is so much more than that. Mm. Or you yeah. could see that also like, if we're not that, then we're nothing, right? But that's also yeah. quite freeing in that you can you can start to like be what you want. And there's a certain like charm to that freedom that you get when you put yourself behind all these like labels and attachment that you, you attach to yourself. Mm. Yeah, you're free to just like do whatever you want and pursue, you know, your ideal life. Even if that's like just quitting everything and like going on a backpack around the world. Like, I mean, there's no one stopping you. I mean, like, yeah, let's say money is a problem, but you can always like work, Yeah, you know, on the road and stuff like that. It's just also about like how much do you need, you know? I feel like, Especially in Singapore, we always think we need to have like a certain sum of money before we can. Um, That's the common notion. Be yeah. yeah, yeah. Retire or retiring, or the concept of even retiring. What yeah, are you retiring exactly. from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like for me also, like you know, when I go to, I like to think that work has to be married with like your passion mm. and your happiness. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure both of you are happy doing what you do. I hope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> please, please continue. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like you know, like like you know, if you, I mean, whatever you do has to excite you, has to nourish you. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Otherwise, you're just going through the motions. Yeah. You're no better than a robot. Mm. You know, if you're just going through the motions of life because everyone else is doing it. Because everyone else tells you have to do it. Your yeah. parents, your teachers say that oh, this is the path you have to go. I don't think you'll be happy, right? And at the end of the day, say you're in your deathbed and then you look back in your life, you want it to be filled with like happy moments yeah. rather than like mundane... Or regrets, really. Or regrets, you know? Yeah. That, oh, you didn't do this because you were afraid. Mm. You didn't do this because you were scared and stuff. I think like a lot of these is also very fear-based. Like we don't... We need to find the strength to face our fears and, and really look at it and, and have like a showdown or battle with it to actually dare to, to dream and dare to do what you want. Yeah. And um, I think once you do that, you'll find that happiness just comes out for you. You know, I mean, a lot of people chase happiness, right? That you just yeah. look for happiness yeah. externally yeah. in like certain pursuits or stuff like that. Or even people. Or even people, yeah. yeah like, or, or like, you know, possessions, yeah. stuff like that. But 
I think happiness can be generated from within. You know, when you're doing something fulfilling, when you're doing something that nourishes you, you just know it, you know, and then you're just happy. Mm. I mean, there, there's certainly going to be moments of doubt and, and unhappiness and stuff. Because that's life, yeah. yeah. That's life is up and down, right and left. But as long as you feel, I feel like nourished and you feel like what you're doing is right, then just, you know, keep at it. Do you think it's something that could only be um, said if it's 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 a it's a thing of luxury to even consider that because if you're you're thinking of practicality and that's what I believe uh maybe two or one a couple of generations of our parents' generation, they have to consider the practicality of living because things were a bit more unstable back then. It's admittedly unstable. Yeah, definitely. We need to recognize our privilege as well. Mm. You know, being like first world citizens. Yeah. Um, we have the we have the privilege to like pursue what we want to do and what makes us happy, yeah. rather than just like worrying about like our paying the bills and stuff every day. like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So definitely, like like we do have like a lot of privilege. And I think um, it's important, like you said, and, to, to and it's recognize really it. Really important know? to recognize, but also make use of this privilege. You know, to do the best, make the best out of it. Yeah. And you know, hopefully, use your privilege to help others as well. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I think uh, that's what we're trying to do, you know, help others and share positivity messages that can hopefully help people. Yeah. So whatever we just talked about in, in the podcast, because there's this particular piece that I really like from you guys. I think it's looking beyond the veil. Would you, would you describe or would you say that what we just talked about, spirituality and ego death and stuff, would you point to that as looking beyond the veil? Because it's 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 a very... um. Very strange thing to even imagine. What veil? What 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 are you looking beyond? Yeah. So um, for me to look beyond the veil, veil is basically just to look past the illusion of physical reality. Like, I feel like we are all just actors, you know, in this dance of life. Like every day we walk around, you know, in our meat suits, <laughs> you know, performing tasks <laughs> of like seemingly important like great importance but really all we are doing is just passing time mm. and yeah I f- really feel that our true essence is so much more than just the little narratives of ourselves that we are so like hung up on that we make up in our heads like I feel that we are just connected with everything around us and there's this scene in Avatar where the trees in the forest were all lit up and there was light running through its yep. roots yep and into the earth and like all the animals surrounding it. And yeah, that's basically real life. We are just connected through these interweaving webs of energy. Yeah. We are all manifestations of the universal consciousness. Um, yeah, something we've talked about a lot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, just because we don't have the capacity to imagine it doesn't mean it's not real. I think like oh. we share a very unique perspective on life and everything. And yeah. you know, when, when you have this perspective, like you start to look at the simplest things out there and they hold so much more meaning or even a different meaning. Could you give an example? Uh, okay, like, you know, this song or rhyme, the roll, roll, roll your boat gently yeah. down yeah. the stream. Yep. Merrily, merrily, merry, merry. Life is but a dream. Is it a breeze? L- dream, it's a dream. Oh. Life is but a dream. Okay. So, when you think about it, it's like, quite sinister like that. It, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's quite deep, right? Like, that, like, we're just rolling down this stream of life and mm. life has replaced so much importance on life but actually it's just like a dream you know we're just mm. flowing through the river 
I mean, this is like seemingly a, like a just like a nursery rhyme almost. Or yeah, a song it's almost like this whole life is just a simulation, you know. Yeah, it's just like a stop on the way before we go to the next simulation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you know, back to looking beyond the veil. I mean, like in more practical terms as well, like a more down to earth terms, like. I feel like it's so like a call to action for people to start questioning like what is behind the motives and intentions of things, you know, like questioning like the provenance or like intentions of individuals of, of no, just of the things that they're presented with, you know, just basically to think for themselves and make decisions for themselves rather than just going along with the flow and just going along with what people are doing. You know, we just want uh, people to be aware to be present and to be conscious enough to think about the reasons why certain things happen or why they do certain things even question themselves like sometimes yep. like we're so programmed to like you know be to, to have a certain like opinion or so certain like mindset on a situation but we need to be open-minded and you know just let things be mm-hmm I think the young people would like to say that people are woke. Would you would you subscribe <laughs> to that term? Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I think the moment you say you're woke means you're not woke, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a bit paradoxical, mm. like that. Interesting. Mm. I would like to wrap up the conversation with just one last question uh, to each of you. I want to hear your opinions. Um, right now, what does success look like to individual, like both of you guys? success I I mean like I guess success is just happiness you know oh, I had the same answer it's just like happiness oh. <laughs> happiness in sharing like, notes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happiness in like each and every moment mm. or like when you're unhappy or you're unsatisfied with something a certain situation in your life or something just be it's there to help you grow yeah yeah. yeah. try and see like your adversities and your obstacles as lessons for you to grow from to become to emerge from the other side as like a better person I mean I just want to say like there's this like a writer that I really like called Joseph Campbell yeah so he writes about this thing called the monomyth or the hero's journey what what is that so basically it's just like um, how he feels that like every human goes through this journey in life where you're like the hero right like a movie so everyone's like journey about like being very different goes through like a certain template mm. which is called the monomyth. Yeah. So there's like even like the story of like Buddha or like Moses or like Jesus in religion down to like even movies like The Matrix yeah. or Star Wars yep. even. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty or even like Lion King which we just watched recently goes the through the same. Action? Yeah, life okay. action. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes through the same process. You know, you, you, you think like an individual who feels is in a comfortable spot meets like a certain challenge yep. or obstacle, yeah. gets defeated by that, goes through a tough time, yeah. you know, either gets a mentor or, or, or comes to a certain realization, yeah. faces that same obstacle, yeah. beats it, com- comes back, emerges, emerges yeah. as like a better person. Yeah. And I think everyone goes through all these journeys like in their own way and form in their lives. And, you know, it's just constantly growing becoming better and you know hopefully enjoying the ride <laughs> mm, interesting alright uh, it's a wrap where can people find you guys 
Is there anything, any upcoming projects that you guys want to talk about? Where can people find? Yeah, we actually have a collaboration with Pew Pew Patches. Oh, sick. Which oh, wow, is coming nice. out um, in mid-September. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We also are launching like a uh, first range of merch as well based Ooh. on the artwork. Okay. I mean, so we uh, have t-shirts, yeah, tote bags, bags and stuff like that. Yeah. Is it all with Pew Pew or just oh, no, separate? This, yeah, this is just our collection. Okay. Yeah. Would you guys have an online shop set up? Yeah, you yeah find we it, will. Find the link on your Instagram? Yeah, so or? just search like uh, at Slimy Oddity. Yeah. Um, and we also eventually want to develop Slimy Oddity into like a, almost like a lifestyle brand, a certain way of life almost. Yeah, yeah and just have like fun stuff like, you know, like colourful toothbrushes oh, with tight. like positive oh. affirmations on it. Mm. So like every Brush morning harder. you wake up. <laughs> 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 Clean your teeth, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, just stuff like you know, like that to just insert positivity and love into the everyday life in certain mundane mo- mundane moments. You know, yeah. just to put a smile on people's faces. I guess that's what we want to do. Yeah, and also eventually like interactive exhibitions as well. Oh, like just like full blown playgrounds where people can just immerse themselves in the slimy oddity world. You know, like cool. like I think this collective Meow Wolf in the US they do oh, a lot of like yeah. interactive experiences and stuff just crazy like I don't know you can't even describe it you know or like washing machines with portals in them with what? like yeah, magical a, portals in a washing it's machine it's like an like, interactive installation by a whole bunch of like it's like a it's like a like a wild bunch of artists all backed by George R. R. Martin yeah. oh wow in yeah. a bowling alley yeah. <laughs> they should be building a new complex in Las Vegas. I think there's like Are four times the size of that. Yeah. Wow. It's yeah. crazy. Hardcore. How, how, how can people find this uh, thing? Is it online meow on wolf? YouTube? Yeah, Meow Wolf. Like Meow. Meow. meow wolf. Yeah, what cats think about okay, yeah. Meow yeah. Wolf. Okay. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah, check cool. that out. It's pretty crazy. That's Trippy a, as well. Yeah. That's a cool reference. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a wrap. Thank you for the time. Thank you. Thank, right. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. Don't forget to keep posted for the next one. And if you really liked what you got, give us a follow.